Folks, welcome into the first of this 2022-2023 football season, Buffalo Bills pregame show. It's just the preseason, but football is still back. Robin is here to join me and Meerkat, Robin Mundy from Buffalo Fanbase. And Robin, every time you have been on this show, we have said one thing, and it's that football is back. And it is so great to have you back again, because Robin's back too. I'm back. You guys better get ready. I got caffeinated too much this morning. I warned y'all on Twitter. It's hard to say what's going to happen. But I do have one thing I have to do real quick, and that's a shout out to a friend, Robbie Snyder at Let's Mm -hmm. Talk 716. He and I did a podcast last night, and it was loads of fun. So look for that on Twitter when when you see it coming out in the next couple days. We had a blast. Robbie's the man. So, oh, we're we're losing wake a bit right now. Oh so. no, Meerkat, <laughs> are we going to have to do this ourselves? How we we might we? have to. Wait, Wake's going to figure it out. We believe in him and his Wi-Fi. But like you said, we're finally here. It's finally the NFL season. I know it's preseason. I know we don't have Josh Allen. I know we're barely going to see a lot of the big names, but still. It's just so good to have Buffalo Bills football. I woke up this morning just so refreshed, so jacked up, so full of energy. I I'm I can't wait. I, I'm with you, Robin. I didn't even need caffeine this morning. Like <laughs> I, I should just not like, have done it. I'm like a jolt to the heart right now of like a hundred <laughs> espresso shots. Just thinking of Case Keenum throwing a touchdown to Khalil Shakir. <laughs> and, and I think I think the fun part is, as my Wi-Fi allows me to speak again. Thank you very much. Uh, is that I think there's actually some things we can take away from a successful Case Keenum game here, and it's because mm-hmm. this is the first game where Ken Dorsey will be on the sideline or up in the booth. We'll see where he's positioned as an actual offensive coordinator. Now, if he's able to effectively communicate with Case Keenum and get everything out onto the field where it has to be, I'm going to have no doubt in my mind that it's going to be a seamless transition for Case like it will be for Josh Allen. Um, Now, last time we talked, we talked about, Robin, two tight end sets. We talked Mm. about a diverse array of how we can use running backs as it's been a few weeks since we've talked about that. So since then, is there something maybe you're excited to see today against Indianapolis from this offense? Yes, because Ken, well, you're talking about Ken Dorsey and his adaptation. I got to thinking, you know, what is this guy like? Because we don't really know a lot about him. There was a pretty decent article that Tim Graham did in the athletic. Actually, it was very good. And, you want to get a sense of what this guy is like. You know, we all kind of knew what Dayball was like. Well, we've seen Dorsey. We've heard about Dorsey, but we've never really watched Dorsey in action. And I don't know what you guys think. The two tight end sets are one thing. (laughs) I think there's something even more going on with him in terms of wanting to live vicariously through Josh. Because you know what he was like in college. You know how competitive he was at Miami. You know that he's reminding everybody he was 38 and two. And you know he's going to be reliving some of this through vicariously through Josh Allen. Now, watching him call plays, um, I wrote this down and and I think if you ask me to say, okay, what does who does Ken Dorsey remind you of? To me, he's a combination of Rain Man. And the Unabomber. Okay. 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 Please elaborate. Oh, man. 
you know, Rain Man for the brilliance, because I fully expect in addition to seeing two tight end sets, we're going to see a lot of things that we haven't seen for a long time. I, you know, they keep talking about, well, we haven't changed the playbook that much and blah, blah. I think that we're going to see some things that Ken Dorsey wishes he could have done um, and, and try all different kinds, you know, different kinds of formations i'm i'm all for it you know put five wide receivers out i don't i don't care uh put three tight ends out there i don't care and (laughs) if you look at how deep this offense is on the line as well as in the skill positions he's you know ken's got a lot of stuff he could work with Mm -hmm. and it's not exactly a, a group of scrubs they're going up against in the indianapolis colts yes it's the preseason yes we're probably not going to see a lot of the big names on that defense for more than a series if that but it's a well-coached unit frank reich is running a really tight ship down there and you know that they're coming into this not in the same mindset as the bills but at least as a hey we were pretty close to doing some good things with Carson Wentz last year. We're not that far off from, you know, when we almost made a deep playoff run with Phillip Rivers losing to this exact same Bills team. So I think that from a coaching matchup standpoint, I think that's just as intriguing as some of the things we have going on on the field, mainly because, like, as I said, just well-coached all around. And on their offensive side of the ball – they are having Matt Ryan play a little bit too, which is a little peculiar. Yes, he is new to the offense, but Meerkat, to me, it's a little shocking that they're going to throw a, what, 36-year-old quarterback out there preseason game one. That's an estimate. It's a rough estimate. He might be a little younger, but it can't be that far off. (laughs) No, I mean, I get it. Um, I trust Frank Reich, you know, to make, you know, cognitive decisions, not do something he isn't comfortable with. I feel like he's going to be running the whole first team with Matt Ryan. There's no reason not to. This is just a tune-up, if anything, getting used to the offense in an actual game setting uh, before the season starts. So it's not the craziest thing to me. Definitely not a move I would do, not in the game one of the preseason. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to question Frank Reich. Yeah, I do like that they're doing it, though, because it does provide us to see – like, obviously, if Matt Ryan's going to play – a series or however much he does. That means you can expect guys like Michael Pittman and, you know, maybe even Quentin Nelson will be out there for a little bit. You can expect other big name guys on this offense, other blue chip players to be out there for this new look defensive line. They're only going to have probably a series or two against that unit. So they're basically going to have to make them count. Like it's the last two drives of a fourth quarter. Like, Hey, you got two drives to make a statement against this team right now. AJ, Greg, Let's see what you do because Von Miller, I don't know how much he's going to be out there, but I hope just as much as Josh Allen, to be completely honest with you. Um, And then on top of that, on the back end, we talked a lot about the secondary on our show on Thursday, Robin, Christian Benford, rounder out of Villanova, great mental makeup about himself, the way he approaches the game and the way he's approached just some tragedy that's happened in his own life and internalize it to make a positive out of it. I'm really excited to see between him, Kyer Elam, Dane Jackson, how these young guys in the secondary respond to having to actually go up against a, who is still a pretty good quarterback in Matt Ryan in their first experienced and yeah, wise, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, so he former MVP. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. He's not a scrub. You know, 
we forget he's not a scrub. And this is going to be a really good test for our corners. It'll be interesting to see also um, if we get Jaquan Johnson playing. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing some of the other guys um, get some, get some time off the bench Mm -hmm. and uh, see what our secondary. Yes. Yes, definitely. Because especially with, you know, we've seen Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde have their fair share of injuries so far. So I feel like at least early on in the season, we might not be getting, and this is purely speculative, but we may not get the 94% defensive snap share for the first few weeks of the season that we're used to seeing with them because we want to make sure that they're right and that they're good for the most important games of the season. And those are the ones that don't happen until January. So um, Meerkat, is that something that you think maybe we could see? Like, you know, obviously the Bills opening part of the schedule isn't the easiest stretch. In fact, it gets easier down the stretch itself. But do you think there could be more load management in store for those two this year? I could see it. Definitely. Um, We're at the point now where we have the depth, you know, if we need a guy to kind of take some time off here and there a little bit, a few less snaps ramping up for what's going to be the playoff run. Hopefully Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm more than okay with that. Yeah. It's, you you know, one guy that I'm looking forward to seeing is Nick McLeod Mm-hmm. In in what role he's going to have? Do you guys think he's going to line up at, at safety at all? So yeah, that's weird. They have him listed as a strong safety, and they've been running him there. I could mm-hmm. see him getting some time. I mean, this is when you're going to see if he can right. play a safety. I mean, before we've seen you know like an Aaron Williams transition from corner to safety or from mm-hmm. safety to corner, but right. uh, you know going uh, corner to safety, strong safety specifically. We'll see how it goes. Um, it just happens a lot when guys, you know, don't quite have like the fluidity sometimes don't have those NFL hips to play cornerback. Um, mm-hmm. you got to just move more vertically around up and down the field than having to contort yourself and do all that. So we'll see how it goes. You brought up Jaquan Johnson. He's probably going to get a fair share of his run today, but he's a guy I think's pretty much locked for the roster. Yeah. Um, they love they love him, special teams or just being the backup safety. He's a guy they can depend on. So we're probably going to see a lot of McLeod at strong safety today. Yeah, that's something that's kind of interesting because he's kind of like uh, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poirier, like a physical brand of a player in the secondary. And it's definitely easier to play that style of defense if you are a safety than if you are a corner. You have to be a little more tactful if you're going to be a corner. It's, just, it's a lot easier to pick up penalties like that when, you, when you're playing corner than safety. And so I think it's something that could definitely make sense for him. Um, and, and speaking of the physicality, that's something that we've been talking about pretty much the entire length of training camp on this show is that the defense in training camp, at least has been a lot more physical, a lot more hard hitting for what training camp can be a little bit more scrappy. And I'm kind of looking to see today does Leslie Frazier's defense kind of evolve its identity a little bit because it hasn't been like for the upper echelon teams in the NFL, it hasn't been the hardest team to play against. You know, you see what the Chiefs can do against us. You see what the Bucks can do against us. Like, you know, we, we of course, we pile up sacks and we pile up, you know, low yardage totals against teams like the Falcons and the Texans. But last year, when it was teams on our own level, it was a little more, you, you know, you were liking to see a little bit more. And so 
I think, Robin, is that maybe possibly the missing piece is just upping the physicality and not being afraid to make plays that could result in penalties? Absolutely. And and I think Leslie Frazier talked about it some in one of his press conferences during training camp about upping the physicality. And specifically, um, I, I thought it was interesting how he challenged Tremaine Edmonds. Mm-hmm. You know, we need more splash plays from Dre Edmonds. That's kind of a quote. And I thought that was very interesting. I think we absolutely will see that. And one of the guys that's going to bring that to the defensive line is Von Miller with his personality, you know, his gasoline and gunpowder that he's ready to, you know, get Greg Rousseau ready to go. Uh, I think that's what this defense needs is, you know, it needs a little bit of mouth and we didn't have that, you know, the middle linebackers, usually the, you know, kind of the quarterback, I guess, of the defense and Tremaine is not a loud guy, you know, he's not a rah-rah kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And I think like a guy like Ed Oliver, I expect him to have a huge year and, and, and the better he plays, the more his mouth is going to run. And (laughs) that's even, you know, that's even better. I would like to see this, this defense show a little bit more personality. Mm -hmm. And it seems like in at least on the, the, the the practice field, like Tim settle is a guy who every time he opens his mouth, it's just something he's just, he's just absolutely hilarious. I didn't expect him He's probably like one of the most unlikely people to become a fan favorite possibly before he's even put on the pads. Like people saw, oh, we signed another defensive tackle. Well, we have Ed Oliver. You know, he, he he's our number one guy clearly. But mm-hmm. Tim Settle, we talked about him before, Robin. He's going to make yeah. a name for himself on this defense. I mean, I know you love you love your big guys there on the defensive side of the football. I do. And I can hardly wait because I think this defensive line is probably, at least on paper, we got to see it happen. The best, most talented, deepest defensive line that the Buffalo Bills have ever had. (laughs) And that says a lot. You know, we've had some good defensive lines over the years, but these guys are going to be terrorists. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm looking for today is just a little flavor of what's to come. Um, And we'll stop the run. I think this year a lot better than we have in the past. And, you know, I'm, I'm loath to bring up the bend don't break stuff, but I'll be, I'll be happy to see that be somewhat more limited and, you know, you go with what works and you stay with what works. I'm not a, a huge fan of the prevent defense, at least, at least as many times as I see it employed, too early in my opinion Mm -hmm. um we've seen mcdermott be a little conservative in the earlier years of his coaching career i think he's now kind of getting into his own too in in terms of being more aggressive um i guess we can only hope that he has a better track record with um challenges he still has to work on that some (laughs) i think this year but yeah defense is going to be outrageous Mm mm-hmm yeah, I'm excited too. Just it, because overall, every year it seems like oh, we're talking about many battles that are taking place between you know guys. We're going to see seventh round guys, undrafted free agent guys that have a shot right. to make this roster that we're going to see a ton of. But 
Now we're going to have battles and we kind of know how the roster is going to be set already. Like there's a lot less of those questions because of the quality depth we've built, but now it's going to be more battles between veteran guys. And we're going to mm-hmm. see some of that. I hope in this preseason along the defensive line, like there's guys they love like Mike Love, Eli Anku, Brandon Bryant. Brandon Bryant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they, they got to make a name for themselves. They got to do what Justin Zimmer did. You know, they have yeah. to scratch and claw their way onto this roster because of how deep it is right now. Mm. Yeah, and, and I completely lost my train of thought. Where the hell was I going to go with it? Man, <laughs> what a train wreck. There it is. No, okay, so so and and speaking of veteran position group battles, there's really I, I, I'm struggling to kind of figure out how the running back room shakes out right now because mm-hmm. it seems like at least it seems for certain that it's going to be Motor, uh, James Cook, and Zach Moss. And it's weird that Motor and Moss are what we are calling veterans right now, but that's the reality of the running back position and of where it is on this football team right now. Um, and uh, but I'm kind of interested to see, does Zach Moss earn carries for himself in this preseason? Because mm-hmm. last year he yeah. did anything but that for most of the regular season. And he was my pick begrudgingly so for most improved at the beginning of the season last year. And that did not age very well. And I was not happy to make that pick. And what it was purely because, I mean, he has to improve after that rookie year. Right. Right. But you know, I also think that he said recently that he's healthy now Mm -hmm. for the first time. And that apparently last season he had a nagging injury. I'm not really sure what it was, but it, he said that it inhibited his ability to be explosive. So Mm -hmm. we'll see, but I agree with you. Um, it's kind of a make or break situation for, for Zach Mm -hmm. Moss for sure. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think he's a lock to make this roster, um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, they're going to keep, I hope, at least six receivers, maybe seven other positions mm-hmm. they're running deep at, other positions they need depth at. Running back, I mean, if they trust Singletary Cook, you got Taiwan Jones there as well, going to be making the roster most, I'd say, like a 90% chance. Right. Yeah, right. Um, there's a lot going on. I mean, somebody like Duke Johnson really could you know, contend because of special teams ability or something. Zach Moss is a little too one dimensional. And mm-hmm. now they're, they have guys who can do multiple things at the top of that spot with Singletary and cook. Now, my question in response to that kind of is like, do you think that it's likely that they keep James cook and Duke Johnson, two running backs who are by and large brought in to do the same kind of job. Duke Johnson might have a little bit more of a special teams role in his future. Um, but do you think it's like likely that they get rid of a thumper running back like Zach Moss and keep two guys with very similar profiles like that? That's a good question. Um, like, I don't hate the idea personally. If it was my football team, I would like to do that. Yeah. Because I mean, truly you can't, I mean, there's no way that you could choose between James Cook and Singletary. You know, there's, there's just no way. I mean, we haven't even seen what James Cook can do and I, I can Mm -hmm. hardly wait after watching him, you know, play at Georgia. But as far as running back goes, um, you know, to me, it seems like the big thing is going to be whether or not Zach Moss can step up and, and be a difference maker instead of, um, Sometimes he had some untimely fumbles yeah. and, and sort of mental 
you know, lapses. I, I agree with Meerkat that, that if any of their, if any of the running backs on the roster are, are in um, peril, it, it really still might be him. Um, but we'll see. The question I have for you guys is, and I've been toying around with this one. If you had to choose between Isaiah Hodkins and Tavon Austin, who do you got? I know what Meerkat's going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is such a beautiful jersey, too. It is. I love, I love the it. crest right there on the neckline. That's pretty mm-hmm. sharp. I, I love Tavon Austin. I like the idea of him. It's a fun thing for camp. I mean, yeah. even if they keep two running backs and they keep that, you know, two true running backs and they keep that seventh receiver, Tavon might be that t- kind of guy. Um, because he can be versatile as an offensive weapon, not just a receiver. But right. mm-hmm. um, Isaiah Hodgson's just everything coming out of camp, what he brings to the offense. It, it's just uh, this is his year to make it as like a legitimate fifth option on this team. I don't think – I don't think – I think he's going to prove himself this preseason and that he deserves mm-hmm. to actually be somebody who gets run this season. He's not a guy stuck at the very bottom of the depth chart that they might try to use for special teams or something because he's not a special teams guy. He's going to make it as a wide receiver, and we don't really have a guy like him right now. We yes. have guys who do what he does. But we don't have a guy who has a catch big. radius like him, who has yeah. that much of a wingspan, who can has that lanky big body. Gabriel Davis is more like compact, you know, uh, but he's just a big target. It just inc- I keep saying it, his catch radius is insane. He'll catch yeah. and his catch ability. He does not mm. drop balls. He did not drop balls in college. He has not dropped balls in camp with the Bills in two years now. Um, he's just a reliable big target who's not the most athletic guy. Yards after the catch aren't going to be his thing. But down the sidelines, even across the middle in the red zone, yeah. he's going to be a reliable mm. guy. With just kid it within six, seven feet of his hands. He's got it. I agree with literally everything you said from front to back there, and especially how you started it by saying, I love the idea of a Tavon Austin because his entire NFL career, I have loved the idea of Tavon Austin. And so have many other coaching staffs. They bring him in because, you know, after seeing him with the Rams, you or the, yeah, it was the Rams back then, back in St. Louis. Like Mm -hmm. you knew what he could do over there. You knew what he was capable of. He was a first round pick for a reason. And it's just he went to Dallas and we were thinking, okay, wow, with that receiving core with like Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and Lamb, like that's a good number four right there. And then who was it? Garrett Wilson, I think, was their fourth receiver over Tavon Austin. And now he's had injury issues here in camp. Um, And also, if he's going. Well, we're losing Wake again, but he's frozen. Oh, there we go. He's back. We're good. We're good. And I think I'm like. Oh, thank God. Okay. Okay. So if Tavon Austin's making this roster, it has to be as a special teamer, return guy. And I think there are a lot of other players on this roster already who are basically locks for it that can fill those roles. You know, Isaiah McKenzie as a returner, James Cook, we're going to see him at returner possibly in this, uh, in this preseason here, which I said on Thursday, very excited about. And we already have guys like Kumaro, wide receivers who play special teams. So yeah, I don't think it's very close between Hodges and Austin for me. Um, and based on what we've heard through camp the last couple of weeks, I wouldn't be shocked if it wasn't that close for the Bills brass either. Um, my last question for you guys, the reports I've heard about the tight end room, if you walked into training camp with no knowledge of who the tight ends were, you would not know apparently that OJ Howard is supposed to be the tight end two on this team. 
And you would think that Tommy Sweeney and Quentin Morris are years ahead of him, basically, by what he's shown. Now, do you think it's possible that Sweeney and Morris earned themselves bigger roles to the point this preseason where O.J. Howard becomes a cut candidate or even a trade candidate by the end of this preseason? I could see a team sending away a sixth-round pick for O.J. Howard. I could see it. Um, I don't think that the. I think they'll give him a run, though. I I don't mm-hmm. see them, you know, not giving him a chance. That this, you know, front office really hasn't done that with players that they've put a decent Most amount of money into. Time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I I think you know even though he hasn't necessarily stood out or impressed much, well, guys behind him are. I still think he's gonna be on the roster come week one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Quentin Morris. I have a special fondness for the Mac players and Mm -hmm. he destroyed UB in one (laughs) game. And that was enough for me to like open my eyes. And Mm -hmm. he's been quietly on the practice squad, but he has kind of flashed a little bit in camp. And I think he's going to make a little noise for, you know, his place. And yeah, Tommy Sweeney had a heck of a, you know, game or practice the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked he looked terrific, but uh, I don't know. I you think they're just going to keep three tight ends? It's tough because you got to count Gilliam as a tight end too, tight end, fullback, uh, running back right. slash special teamer. Um, and he's someone who I'm excited to see his yes. potential role in this offense evolve a little bit. I mean, when you have a good fullback, it's just fun. Like it's really, really fun. Like like how the, the 49ers use Kyle Juszczyk. Like he's an actual part of that running game. And I think Gilliam has that same kind of potential. So, you know, we're, we're talking now deep cuts of players we want to see make an impact and make a name for themselves here. But the guys like the Quentin Morrises, the Reggie Gilliams, the Christian Benfords, those are the guys that help you win championships, to be completely honest. The guys at the bottom of the roster who can step in and perform admirably exactly when they are needed to. Um, is there anyone else that we've missed that is a player to watch, Robin? Any last shout outs for any players? Um, you know, we talked about Mick, we talked about Christian Benford. Well, of course, the punk god. There it is. You know, we got we got to we got to keep an eye on the punk god. I, I'm actually more interested in watching how he holds because I think that's going to be the key to whether or not he makes the team. Mm. And I think he's going to make the team. I think so too. My dog, shout out. What, is, what does your dog think? He thinks that Quentin Morris is going to make the team too. <laughs> Smart doggo. Smart doggo. Meerkat, any any last shout outs to any players that we think we should be watching out for? Anybody we missed? I feel like we, we yeah, that's the best way to say it right there. It's the, uh, the like I said, the meme is dead. <laughs> it's it's, it's is a reality. Dead. The hype is real. Yeah, meme is dead, <laughs> hype is real. Well, anybody watching out there, if you think we missed any players, obviously, of course, Isaiah Hodgins, Punt God, Benford, tons of guys to watch out for, James Cook, tons of rookies to look out for, see if they can make a place for themselves on this Bills roster. And make sure you guys make a place this week sometime. Get to Outlet Liquor because summer's winding down. It's the place to buy a case. I know you have some summer parties, whether they're graduation parties, Labor Day parties coming up the absolute place to buy a case. What's your outlet? This show has been ours. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. For myself, Meerkat, Robin, all of Trainwreck Sports, good afternoon now, and go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.